0: Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing really well, Shay. This is a episode that I've been looking forward to. It's kind of unique in terms of what we normally talk about.
0: Yeah, I, we've kind of like touched on the subject throughout tons of other episodes, answering questions. We've talked about it on stream a lot also when we used to stream, um, and the subject is today we're talking about kind of what it takes to IGL and Apex and what that means. What's it take to be an in-game leader uh, and why or why not should you have an IGL? But before we do any of that, though, we want to make sure if you want a question answered, On the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel for questions, or to guarantee it makes it on the show, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please do also follow us on Twitter at Kirk and at HP Person. Skin Active Over. There, I swear I'll tweet more to all my loyal followers. You just might get a little TFT. You might get a little Lakers land in there as well. Like if I, if I take the lid off, it's just it's gonna just 100% pour out all the time. Henry's great for the insightful thoughts, though.
1: (laughs) I I try, but yeah, I think with the Twitter game, you just gotta get the volume out there. You gotta. It's all about volume. Someone
0: says I gotta get up to fifty thousand tweets. That's what you
1: gotta. What we haven't done is we don't you know try to start fights. Uh, but no. if we really cared about well, Twitter... Well, back we
0: in the did. day. Back in the day. True. We did back experiment
1: once, Jay said. That was like a one after period. <laughs> that was fun. Um, that was something else. <laughs> the other shameless plug, if you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. Right now, we're working on a reward for reaching a goal on Patreon, which is a studio tour. And we haven't done one since we were living together. A year mm-hmm. ago, so a lot has changed. Shay just moved into a new apartment. We got some serious setups that we're really excited to share. And so, if you want to take a look at that and help make that possible, check out the Patreon.
0: Did the comparison from number one to yeah. current hilarious? Gonna be hilarious. Truly. With yeah, with that though, let's get into the main topic of the day: I yelling in game leading in Apex Legends. Give us a little intro to start for what we're going to kind of talk about today and how we're going to talk about it.
1: Yeah. So, over the last few weeks, we've gotten some questions about what is it? How do you do it? Is it important? um, Asking for some tips. And, like you said at the top of the episode, this is something we have talked about before in game while live streaming Apex. Um, But it's kind of a sensitive topic because You don't want to boss your friends around, but you also want to win. And so if you want to be playing Apex at the highest level, you may need to know some of these components of IGLing. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, this episode is going to go over all the major call-outs, responsibilities, uh, options you have as an IGL, but it's also kind of a broader conversation on best call-outs, how to communicate in apex, whether you're, you know, the quote unquote IGL or, you know, just a team of three people that want to do really well and work together. More of that egalitarian democratic uh, system, if you will. We'll talk about those later, but this is not just for, you know, that team leader who always has to be talking. This is for anybody that is wanting to get more comfortable going on mics with randoms. Wanting to be more vocal, not knowing exactly what to say, what's important. We're going to go over that. We've divided up the conversation into a couple main points. We're going to talk about uh, macro IGLing. We're going to talk about uh, micro IGL. We're going to talk about some combat call outs. And then we're going to kind of talk more about what should an IGL be? Is it important? All that kind of. uh, Fluffy stuff, the more subjective <laughs> uh, components of what it takes to lead a team in Apex.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you will walk away from this is what we kind of have always said about Apex. Team first game, and that's the number one priority. Operating under the guise of an IGL is one way to go about playing this game. There's good, there's bad. We'll talk about it all in this episode. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, I think we can... Dive right into it and kind of start with going over what does it mean to have a macro IGL? What does that look like? And why might someone opt to look at it from this perspective?
1: Yeah. So, like high level macro IGL is going to be a few things. First off, rotations. I think a Mm -hmm. main responsibility for any IGL at a top level is you are checking the map at least every ring close, and you're pinging where the ideal rotation is. Now, when you are opening the map, what does that look like? What is an ideal rotation? Obviously, we have guides on all the maps. We've talked you mm-hmm. know, at, at length about how to traverse different uh, environments and high ground, low ground buildings, no buildings. Um, but for the most part, as an IGL, you're looking at the map, we're looking for survey beacons if that's relevant to your team you're looking for high ground or power positions depending on the map you're also keeping in mind dangerous choke points that you want to avoid um but also you just it's not just as simple as ping the survey beacon that's on the high ground it's look at your team comp look at your team composition can you play a building or? Should you be playing in the open on the edge? Should you be going to the center of the ring, or should you be staying on the outside? It varies a lot. If you have a caustic, then yeah, you can play one of those smaller you know, one- or two-story buildings, but if you don't have a defensive legend and you're playing competitively or unranked, it's very, very risky. So those are kind of some nuanced rotational tips of what you should be looking for as an IGO.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. And rotational tips are absolutely vital to success. We talk about rotations all the time. And one thing, when you look at a macro IGL, that I think it's nice to touch on is yes, this is also the the an IGL is an in game leader. But I also think you can have, you know, a, maybe a different IGL or multiple IGLs before the game. Mm-hmm. People that are kind of planning what's going on. What team are we playing? What is our planned rotation? What do we do if something goes wrong? That's something Henry and I do a ton when we play is that Henry and I kind of come together and we're like, hey, we want to drop here. We want to rotate here. This is the game plan. Planning that out is leading in of itself. And for some people, you know, that might be your strong suit is kind of coming up with the plan, the execution, the team comp. But then in game, you know, IGLing is not for everyone and so maybe someone else is kind of like makes some of those in-game call outs and we'll get to the micro IGLing which fits more into that line in a bit later but I think you know planning out beacons rotations all that kind of stuff you don't have to be the person in game saying all that obviously there still will be if you're using an IGL but you can have somebody else also operate outside of that pre-game
1: I really love that you brought that up because the idea of the pre-planning that goes into winning a game of Apex we approach very democratically on the team comp. Yes. You know, Whenever things are not going good, we always love to make a change, and the easiest thing to change is the team comp. Should you always? No. But <laughs> obviously, we do, and I think we enjoy doing that. And I think that's a great conversation to have with the team. What are your strengths? What are you going to be playing your best at? Okay, can we play a watson caustic Valk lineup on this map, in this rank? Mm-hmm. Or not. Where do we need the drop to do
0: that? Where do we need to? Where does the zone need to go? How do we play that? Yeah, all the fun stuff. And we've
1: hinted at in the past that our team comps will change throughout the ranks. You know, we're playing a Mm -hmm. very different team in gold than we are in masters, you know, so Mm -hmm. that does change. So that pre-planning approach is really important. We approach that a lot more democratically. But if you're in a situation where your friends are not as experienced, taking more of a leadership role in recommending what legends to play and what team comp's going to work best together is very, very important. 100%. Other macro-level IGL things to keep in mind. A lot of people listening might think this is more on the micromanagement level, but keeping a mental inventory on what weapons, ammo, and extended mags are. In play on your team, it's really important. You want to ensure that your team has what they need. I know myself, Shay, and a lot of players will pick up a purple heavy mag and carry that until they find their favorite weapon, even if they don't need it. Making sure that if somebody on your team does have a wingman or a spitfire, that you get that extended mag to where it is needed most urgently. It's really important making and likewise making sure everyone's comfortable with their weapons, uh, Mm -hmm. has what they are most efficient with, and then has the ammo to get the job done. Really important. This, like, it does, it can come across as micromanagement, but just asking, like, hey, what's your ideal loadout? What do you need? Mm -hmm. What does everybody have right now? Is somebody just carrying a turbocharger and not using it? Should we swap that Devo to the person that's carrying it or vice versa? This is important because Apex is a gun game. And by doing this at a macro level, just asking those basic questions, it ensures that your team is going to perform at its peak during a gunfight. And it's going to speed up or diminish the necessity to loot. So if you're at a POI and everybody has everything they need, you can move, you know, or after a fight, you know, you don't have to loot for that long. Just armor swap, get meds and ammo, Mm -hmm. and you're done. You don't have to be trading out weapons if you do this ahead of time
0: yeah i is micromanagement to Mm -hmm. an extent and that that's just part of it and there's annoyance and good and bad from that but weapons are so key because you've got to not only know like you kind of hinted at who's best with what so you can make sure they're in a position to succeed but what is our team running overall Everyone, If we got three snipers, that might, might not be the most optimal way for a team to run things. And somebody's got to be the one that calls out that either you or somebody else needs to drop that sniper. You need to know what people are running because if you have a teammate that's running an SMG and a shotgun that's up close, and then you make a call out later in game that they need to rotate left so they can get an angle and they don't have the range to do that effectively, well, you're putting people in a bad position to succeed versus mm-hmm. telling that same person, Now's the time to push. You got to close the gap. This other guy's going to kind of cover the long, um, understanding weapons is key to success.
1: And that's exactly why this is kind of macro level because it lays Mm -hmm. the foundation for everything that you're going to do later on in the game and when it really counts in a gunfight. Another kind of honorable mention for macro IGL call outs responsibilities is landing location. Um, This whole conversation is less relevant in pubs, but in ranked, this can be an IGL call of strategy, having Mm -hmm. a landing location, being consistent, being able to call it by staying in the dropship, looking out, making sure it's free, uncontested. However, since Jumpmaster is random... And as long as your team isn't landing into a situation where there's four other teams, it's highly contested, there's not going to be any weapons, landing location isn't critical. I I, I don't know if maybe I've changed my tune on that, but Mm -hmm. you can win a game from almost any situation. There is an ideal place, but as an IGL, you know, commanding and, you know, Forcing randoms or your friends to land in a certain place probably isn't the best hill to die on because, yeah. at the end of the day, if you're playing rotations, if you have a good team comp, if you have a good grasp on the weapons, you're doing good call outs in combat, it probably isn't necessary to take control of the landing location.
0: Especially when the goal is generally speaking, at least that we advise to land uncontested. So yeah. it doesn't really matter much. Yeah. If you are landing contested hot dropping every single time, then going to the same spot has value in that you learn loot patterns and can be more efficient. But generally speaking, we say drop uncontested and that's gonna change every game. So yeah, like you said, no need to die on that hill. Um combat though. You wanna get into combat stuff? I do. Let's do
1: it. So, there's two key components to focus on for callouts while in combat damage and knocks, and heals or reviving. Mm-hmm. Basic framework of how to call out your damage and your knockdowns is legend, damage, and armor. For example, mm-hmm. Lifeline 60 Blue. Pretty simple. You did 60 damage to Lifeline. She has blue armor. We then know that her armor isn't cracked, but it's almost there. Definitely worth taking shots at. Mm -hmm. Or, another example, lifeline cracked blue. All right. We now know that likely we have a five-second opportunity before that lifeline gets another 75 health and pops a bat. Mm
2: -hmm. Very
1: critical. The timing, the value, really important because it's going to communicate should you push. Do we need to close the gap? Is it worth exposing ourselves Mm -hmm. to win this fight? Didn't you do enough damage? Call out saying, you know, Gibraltar 10 red or 15 red caustic. Good call outs. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Not as critical. You want to be talking, you know, serious chunks of damage that Mm -hmm. make somebody make a decision. You know, they... You can say focus caustic, they have red, Mm -hmm. but until you start dealing a substantial amount of damage where somebody needs to act on that call out, probably not necessary.
0: Uh, Definitely on the damage front, 100%. I mean, I think there's value in saying like, you know, obviously you want to identify the team comp when you're going up against them. So calling out like, oh, you know, I I see a jerk so I see a caustic. Like, that's one thing, but then you don't have to say each and every time you shoot them. And then, you know, if you do just touch the armor, like, truly, we don't really call armors out unless it's extreme. So it's like, if you touch somebody for 15 and it's a red, you can say, you know, caustic red or two red. So you know you're going up against like some heavily armored teams or on the flip end, if you hit somebody in their common, you can say, oh, a common on lifeline you know that's somebody that's we got to get down quickly. We love but you're probably that call you're out. probably not going to say anything is a blue or purple. So that's kind of like lot. the lines I think to walk.
1: Uh, I totally agree. Um, the other thing to mention when we're talking about damage and knocks is that recently with the update to the kill feed, being able to call out legend and if their shields are cracked, huge, huge, massive, massive, like just benefit to the entire team because. Yes, you should still communicate, but having that with randoms that maybe aren't on mic is so helpful. But it also just reinforces that trust that you really did mm-hmm. crack, you know, that lifeline, mm-hmm. that octane. And you, you have so much more confidence in your communication, in your gunfights because of that feature. So that doesn't replace these good callouts, mm-hmm. but it really reinforces them.
0: Um, I got to say something before we move on to other stuff. The word one-shot does not exist oh. in a true gamer's vocabulary. Okay, that's, that's my opinion. I don't think there is ever a one-shot call-out. Here's why. What does one-shot mean? One-shot with a wingman? One-shot with a sniper? Or one-shot with you know, a P-2020 or an R9? There's such a range. It's not a good call-out to know. Like I get it. Some people want to say one-shot so you know that somebody is you know, lower on the health. If you wanna hit, if you hit somebody for flesh for like sixty one, you can say that. You can say sixty yep. flesh, but you can also just say low. Just use the word low, so you are no longer held responsible for the horrible one shot call out. Henry, if you want to use one shot, feel free. No, I know you don't.
1: No, <laughs> I don't, and I think a lot of times you're—it's a defense mechanism. You know, you, you just lost a big fight. You yeah. want to say that it was so close you want to say it was one shot mm-hmm. it does more harm than good though i think is why it's important to try to avoid saying that because if you lose a gunfight you get finished they armor swapped you know yeah. one shot is irrelevant now it's over or your teammates were so far away that yeah they were one shot but they just hit two cells or a bat like they're mm-hmm. not one shot anymore it, it just it doesn't help Unless you're alive. If you're alive, I don't really have a problem with saying one <laughs> shot because then that's more on you to yeah. hit that Valk tactical and get the job done. But when you mm-hmm. are knocked or finished and you know, you're know you're screaming one shot, I feel for you. I've been there, but it probably isn't the best call out. Definitely not for an IGL. Yeah.
2: Low.
1: Use low. Use low. <laughs> Um other components, that the second component of call outs while in combat, heals and reviving. This is where you're really starting to count the seconds as well. Because if you have to say, I'm slow healing, that is not a good thing to say. I don't like that. And that, you know, you're gonna go back to you know macro IGL 101 and making sure that everybody has proper healables and they're prepared for a fight.
0: Everybody better have bats if you play with Henry.
1: You gotta, everybody's gotta have at least two bats minimum. But if you're slow healing, that likely means that you're cracked and you're having to hit three or four cells. That's gonna be 10 seconds out of the fight, at least. Mm -hmm. Like this person is down for the count. You probably need to retreat in order to cover them or make sure that they're in high ground because that's bad. It's gonna take a long time. Phoenix kit. Very similar situation. They're at ten mm-hmm. seconds out of the fight, you know, at least because we don't know exactly when they're hitting it, where they're at, what's going to happen. Batting, mm-hmm. great call out. You know, you're five seconds. You can stay in a fight behind cover. It's really no problem.
0: Yeah, I think you know, obviously those are three key ones. Batting's the best one to hear. Um, honestly, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like we've been phoenixing more than we do in the past, as of recently. Um, it was something we kind of for a long time said, don't carry a Phoenix kid. Yeah. But I feel like you and I both have been in that situation. And one of the reasons you emphasize why or how you're healing is because then your teammates without you know having to monitor the health can know kind of what you're at going forward. If Henry says Phoenixing to me, I'm like, OK, I, I'm without him for 10 seconds. Hopefully the situation is Henry got kind of lit up and me and the teammate are both still at full health so we can hold them off for that time frame. They're not on top of us; he's not about to die, but after ten seconds, I know he's going to be fully reset and back in the fight versus if he's slow healing well, is he, did he slow heal just shields? Did he slow heal you know a syringe and two shields like what's his health that? I have to obviously look away from the combat to look at the other side of the screen to understand his health, so those call outs are kind of key to understanding just the like you said this the combat scenario that you're going into with teammates
1: yeah the the reason that I may have uh, downplayed the importance of Phoenix kits in your inventory in the past is that you're out for that chunk. If that 10 seconds is interrupted, Mm -hmm. you got nothing. It is better to be batting and hitting the med kit than it is to be hitting a Phoenix kit in Mm -hmm. the vast majority of situations. I think the place that we've been at recently is We have been in a good position. We've gotten the first knock. We've taken a lot of damage, one of us, because they focused. And we are able to take a Phoenix. And it's faster than batting and hitting a med kit because Mm -hmm. we're still in an advantaged situation. So you can hit a combat Phoenix kit. But (laughs) if you didn't do any damage to them or get a knock, hitting a Phoenix in most situations death sentence. You are just, your you're better, initiating your a 2 v be It's mm-hmm. very, very <laughs> difficult. Yeah. But each of these callouts the slow heals, the batting, the Phoenix kit, really critical to know because as the IGL, you need to be aware of what kind of base of fire you have to work with. Maintaining that pressure on an enemy team or repositioning while a teammate is healing is important to keeping that advantage after taking some damage. You know, you don't want to have one or two of your teammates cracked and then you lose. You want to be able to bounce back from that. So by knowing the healing status, you're able to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is pushing knocks is key to winning gunfights in Apex. A reset can happen so quickly with a variety Mm -hmm. of teams. I would say the most teams that you're going to run into Could have a Newcastle, a Lifeline, Gibraltar, Mirage, Bangalore, Caustic, all those options can very directly pull off an under pressure revival. You do want to ensure that you and your teammates can secure a knockdown in a 3v3 situation so that you can all then collapse on that advantaged 3v2. Even if you're Mm -hmm. not at full health, like the timing and the pushing is more important than the amount of hit points you have. So keeping that in mind as a player and also an IGL of, well, maybe I'm not at full shields or maybe I hit this bat, but I I could take a syringe or a medkit. If you have a knock, you need to push with your team because it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to win 1v1s than it is to win 1v2. So make sure you're on the right side of that equation. You're playing with the numbers in order to win. And understanding your combat callouts is The key
0: to doing that. Yeah, well said. I don't really have to build off that anymore. You hit the nail on the head there. Combat's key, though. You know, we so combat's key. That's how you're going to have success. This is obviously something that every player should do. But as the IGL, you need to make sure your teammates are doing this as well. You got to call them out for not doing these tasks that are absolutely crucial for success. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Time to talk about micro-IGLing. So, you know, the inverse of macro. Henry, why and how should we talk about micro-IGLing versus macro? What's the difference? Why does it matter? And what can you gain out of looking at it in this way?
1: This is the more difficult uh, side of the IGLing, (laughs) I think, because it's sensitive. You you Mm -hmm. don't want to be... Bossy. You don't want to be nitpicking your other players or, you know, saying you're better than them. You know everything. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, an Apex being a mainly trios based game, different perspectives are going to have different information. And a lot of the times, the combination of all that information is going to be the the best picture you have. So Mm -hmm. if you say, oh, we need to take this fight, but your third says, I think we're going to get third party and I can see another fight over there. You do kind of have to listen. So Mm -hmm. in terms of having that micromanagement, the micro-leadership, you do have to be a little cautious that you don't get so far into the details that you're, A, taking away from the fun from your Mm -hmm. teammates, but B, losing out on a lot of information and a lot of knowledge because your one perspective in a BR where there's 60 players just can't be everything. It is, yeah. to, I mean, we'll probably get to this in the conclusion, but mm-hmm. being a perfect IGL is impossible. You know, you have yeah. to rely on your teammates for more than just them hitting their shots. Mm-hmm. So sharing that information is
0: key. The, the IGL is, in my head, the person that. Takes in all the information and then makes the decision with that information. Totally. And in certain situations, when things are happening really fast, they're going to be the one kind of like where the buck stops with them. Like sometimes when you're in combat so fast, there isn't time to gather information from everyone, as valuable as it is. So at the end of the day, you're going to get value out of having one person that kind of makes the quick calls under pressure for better or for worse, is something we'll talk about as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, another. Name for an IGL is a shot caller. That's kind of what we totally. referred to it a year or two ago.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, I think exactly what you said. They're going to make the decisions and it's going to be their fault at the end of the mm-hmm. day. With the information that they have, even though it's imperfect, it's always going to be imperfect, regardless of everybody's talking and has open communication. They are going to take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But getting into what is micro IGLing? Is it important? First things mm-hmm. first, positivity over punishment. Congratulating those nice shots, the great uses of ultimates, etc. Mm-hmm. That sort of motivation keeps the team confident and working together. Placing blame, getting upset, saying how bad someone is, saying they should have hit that shot, they should have done this, should have done that is not helpful. We definitely want to take one game at a time, learn from mistakes, but not harp on those mistakes. Five, mm-hmm. 10
2: minutes later.
1: 100%. You know, even though that is difficult, I think, I definitely like to fix problems. If something <laughs> went wrong in a game, I want to get to the bottom of that. I want to figure out what exactly went wrong because I just didn't see why we lost that. Asking all those questions, definitely not the best thing. And the reason why is in a battle royale, you can stay together. And win. Mm -hmm. Or separate and lose. And so if your team doesn't really want to play together, they don't trust each other, they're not happy taking fights together, you're probably going to separate Mm -hmm. and you're going to lose. So by keeping up that strong team dynamic rapport, Mm -hmm. you're likely to keep that winning team together.
0: Yeah. And that's that's kind of where it goes. It has to be a two-way street in terms of communication. The last Mm -hmm. thing you want is for... Someone to be an IGL calling out a mistake, which needs to happen. A mistake needs to be called out when it happens. But, you know, if you're IGLing and you're consistently maybe making some of the wrong calls, the wrong decisions and stuff, you lose some credibility in those conversations. And the last thing someone wants is to be called out by somebody that they don't feel like they have respect for. So, It's a fine line to walk. And it's why playing together with the same team and keeping that open communication and, you know, like Henry said, being positive as well. So it's not criticism, it's constructive criticism is absolutely key. And as the IGL, you're kind of going to manage that. And you've got to be willing to say, Hey, I know I messed up on this one. But at the same time, if, you know, maybe you had done this instead, that would have been helpful as well. So next time, I'll not mess up. You'll not mess up. That's how we'll operate going forward.
1: Totally. That's a really good example of taking that ownership, but also giving a little bit of Mm -hmm. a a recommendation as well to kind of soften that blow. Um, Other very micro IGL callouts are those crucial abilities, those Valkyrie ultimates, those caustic ultimates, the Gibraltar tacticals. Really fight and game changing abilities that mm-hmm. are high stakes this one again, the caveat of this is sensitive you don't want to micromanage your players because then they're not going to have fun they're not going to be happy but making sure that these abilities are going down at a good time
2: mm-hmm.
1: is very very important there's no debating mm-hmm. that so as an IGL traversing you know what is too much what is you know a a right blend of our strategy as a team when does that bubble come down how are we going to prepare to make this rotation we are going to use smoke we are going to use you know whatever it is decoys yeah having that plan making those very micro call outs on how to master your team composition really crucial
0: a hundred percent i mean it Yes, in combat, you probably can't always be the one saying, hey, I need the bubble now. You got to trust your Gibraltar at some point to lay down the bubble when it's needed outside of, you know, you having to say it. But it's also, you know, if they are missing it, it's better to come from one person rather than both other teammates yelling at somebody. That softens that a little bit as well. But we talked about kind of pre-planning before the match, and you kind of hinted at it there as well. The abilities and such also come into like the Pre planning bigger fights, and so like you get into the end circles and such. That's where an igl can really shine. Is you're not really in combat. The zone's about to shrink into a big way, and so you're planning out. Hey, that bubble's going to go on this ping. It needs to go on that ping once the zone you know gets on our back. So you're playing those minor, like you said, micro kind of decisions with the ultimates, micro positioning. You know, hey, this is a head glitch here. This is when to peak. Hey, now's really not a time where we want to take damage. We need our health, so please stay behind cover here for a second. Like Those are the kind of those small little micro in-combat things that are not just during combat, but pre-planning big combat towards the end of the game that's important for an IGL.
1: And in a game as difficult as Apex, those tiny decisions really do matter. If you're on a ring five and you're peaking and you do not have a bat, you're probably going to lose. You are probably mm-hmm. going to lose off that single decision to not go for a knock, not level up your Evo, not really do anything productive, just fire your weapon, which is a, it's a mistake. It, it's very tempting, but it's a mistake that does lead to losses. So good tips on the micro side. Other callouts that are just good, I think, for players in general for combat is mm-hmm. making sure you're focusing fire. Um, specifically the IGL, should be calling out what enemy you're shooting at to get that first knock. Like we said before, Mm -hmm. getting that first knock, crucial to knowing when to push and how to wipe a squad really quickly. It's a third-party podcast, but we are definitely not fans of getting third-party. So you need to be closing fights as quickly as possible, and you do that by focus, firing, getting the first knock, saying, focus Gibby in the open. Focus that Bangalore. really, really key to being a good igl in combat
0: getting the first knock
1: is game over
0: Yeah, we kind of said it earlier and so yeah your biggest priority as igl is you got to make that call who you're shooting when you're shooting are you going to like one two three a team when Mm -hmm. they don't see you you know coming first those are the kind of things that i think essentially you need to lead with
1: now to talk a little bit more abstract Mm -hmm. which legends make the best in-game leaders Uh, that's a question we've been asked we've asked it of ourselves
0: what do you think i I think there's two options and honestly there's some versatility behind this i don't think there is a legend you can't igl with i think there's just legends that make more sense to igl with um and the first of that category is the legends that move the team the legends that their abilities directly impact every single teammate and going from point A to point B. We've just talked about RMP. Rotations are a huge part of an IGL. So, being the person that decides when and where to rotate, that being your actual legend ability, that's a good person to fit into. So, that's like your Ash, your Wraith, your Pathfinder, your Octane, your Valk. Um, and honestly, with right now, Ash and Wraith kind of being those top two notable IGLs for the esports scenes. Wraith, I think, or sorry, Valk, I think, Fits into the IGL category, but a lot of the times you're playing Valk with an Ash, you're playing Valk with a Wraith, yeah. and a lot of times, you know, I think Ash is the perfect case of sure an IGL is. where it's like it's instantaneous, a big decision that has to be made with the ability, and so whoever is making that decision needs to be the one that's leading the team. You can't have someone saying, "Hey, I need you to Ash all over there in this moment." It has to be this quick moment, and that's why that character fits being an IGL.
1: Totally, it's almost impossible to be an IGL over an Ash, just because yeah. it's such a reactive, such a hard, fast ability that most of the entire team that you have to. I, mm-hmm. I believe the Valk can make a really fantastic IGL, but since her ultimate is normally going to be used uh, preemptively before mm-hmm. you get into a high intense situation, it's not a deal breaker. Um, yeah. But like you said before, it's not crucial to mm-hmm. to have your legend dictate your role on the team as an IGL or not.
0: Yeah, I think the other category, and Valk can come into this category as well, is legends that provide kind of the macro intel for the team. And that's you know, Bloodhound. And I think to an extent, you could make an argument for crypto as an IGL in theory. I think that's a lot more theory crafting than just the straight up other stuff. But the people that see the battlefield... For the team on their terms that can then make the decisions. uh You know, Designful, he's one of the best IGLs in Apex, and he's notoriously been a Bloodhound IGL for a very long time. Uh, so it's definitely doable in that category as well. I think Legends that move the team are obviously, you know, that makes the most sense. But then that Intel kind of can come in as a second option. But to re- further reinforce, yeah, it's not like a completely necessary thing to have the IGL be on some certain characters.
1: And what is the like, fundamental responsibility of an IGL on a team? Yeah.
0: We've touched on it throughout this episode. In my opinion, the in-game leader, at the end of the day, they are, like we've kind of said, the shot caller. They're the person that calls out rotations, pushing, and any decisions that really need to be made in Apex in the moment, and they act as the clear tiebreaker. Like we said, taking in everyone's information and making a decision with that. And if two people are split on what to do, the IGL, they're the ones that, you know, make that decision at the end of the day, for better or for worse. And what's most important about that is making clear and decisive call outs. You can't be thinking about, I don't know if I want to do this, I don't know if I want to do that. You have to make the decisions. And then most importantly, you have to own up to mistakes when they happen to keep everyone happy. And mistakes will happen. It happens for the best IGLs in the world still. Like they'll like you kind of hinted at, nobody's perfect. So there are benefits to IGLing and having kind of a person to lead during the game. But that person can't be above the law. You know, they got to be a man of the people still. Uh, and that's what an IGLing is, in my opinion.
1: It's... That clear i couldn't say it better myself when you think about it from a numbers perspective, even the best people in the game are losing nine out of ten games mm-hmm. like there's a few there's a handful of people that are able to win twenty percent of their games, but even the best of the best probably have an average win rate of about ten percent, so nine out of ten you're losing but We are talking about all the good things about IGL. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you do it? Why do you do it? How to perfect it? But what are the flaws of having an in-game leader?
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on some good stuff earlier in terms of like, it's hard to have healthy relationships sometimes as an IGL. It's If you don't have the right person IGLing, it's going to kind of hurt, you know, not just like the gameplay itself, but. It can hurt overall friend groups, generally speaking, in Apex, which is not something we ever want to see. And if you have an IGL and your IGL is having a bad day and they're not locked in, you know the team overall will suffer. And so having the self awareness, sometimes, like one of my favorite TikTok clips is uh, of the streamer Enoch, and he's kind of notoriously an IGL, and he was he's carrying some gold armor and he just drops it and gives it to this other teammate exchanges for a common. He's like, why did you He's like, it's just not my day. I can't make those kinds of healing decisions <laughs> in combat right now. It's not my day. So it's like, if you're not fully aware of where you're at in yourself day to day, you're not going to be as effective. And honestly, IGLing just leads to a more serious game for better or for worse, kind of talking about that friend group dynamic. If someone's operating as an IGL, it's just naturally going to lead into like, hey, this is ranked, this is more serious. And you know, that's good and bad. It's not always the best for just having fun in pubs, someone like we've kind of said, micromanaging you throughout the course of the game.
1: Totally. Uh, I think that's a good point. And just to piggyback a little bit, you don't need to have an IGO. You know, you can be having good team callouts without it. Um, but if, say you were to have an IGL or maybe you weren't like what are some frameworks for team roles you know we have the, th- the three legends every team's mm-hmm, gonna have mm-hmm. three legends but can there be different roles outside of just that in-game leader
0: yeah and we we did a full team roles episode I think a, a while back as well and so this is kind of just a a build off of that and we've split it into three functions. And you gave a great comparison as we were breaking down this episode on behind the scenes of it's not necessary because you know like you go play pickup basketball, you can have three centers play on the same team. But where you see the most out of team roles is in highly competitive environments, now you're kind of breaking things up to maximizing it. The IGL strategist, that kind of fits into one person. Um, you know, it's just like we've said all day, that's the IGL. Fragger, entry fragger is what I see a lot of people liking to call it. That's notoriously kind of the person that's really, really skilled with their weapons. And I think it's funny, but there truly is a connotation in relation to the entry fragger is normally so focused on combat, they don't normally IGL as well, because all they can focus about is killing and shooting straight. And I love those people. And I would say we have an entry fragger on our team. Between the you know, on our and it's a dream. It's great. I love having an entry fragger. And then The anchor, your support, you know, whatever you kind of want to call it, your third, you know, like we got like jack of all trades kind of in here. The person that fills the gaps in any other way, shape, or form. Maybe this is your defensive legend. This is your Gibraltar also, the person that pulls off revives, the person that uh, is kind of holding down the fort at the end of the game, closing out combats, mm, that kind of stuff. I mean, what else? What are your thoughts on team roles as a construct?
1: I think that in a hero shooter, like Apex. The Legends really line you up for those roles pretty evenly. Having that fragger, that really skilled gunfighter is awesome. Having the IGL is great. That third role though is definitely hard to pin down because as that support or that helper, you're finishing, you know, kills. You're you're helping by shooting maybe not the first in, but you're definitely getting kills as this, you know, quote-unquote support role, but you're also might you might be responsible for that Lobo ultimate or the survey beacon or fences or bloodhound scans or smokes, you know. So that kind of third is we also call it a flex role. So totally. there's a lot of options um, in kind of defining where your skill set is best fulfilled on a team like in Apex. But Mm -hmm. that's definitely a really good starting spot.
0: Yeah, I think for sure. To kind of wrap things up, though, you know, IGLing is a part of Apex Legends. If you want to learn how to IGL, in my opinion, the best thing to do is watch IGLs. to See how they think. You know, Hal, Sweet, Designful, three of the best IGLs. Their pro play is not going to translate to pubs all the time, but it's still great to kind of see how they learn and think about the game. And outside of Hal, maybe how they communicate.
1: Yeah, totally In a BR, mastering those rotations, I think, is the hardest thing. You know, the takeaways from this episode, those call outs, you know, those responsibilities, that team motivation and communication are, you know, I think you can pick those up and apply them pretty quickly. But mastering rotations, reacting to different situations, that's what just takes the reps. And you're going to get that from learning and watching, Mm -hmm. but also by playing.
0: Totally, yeah. That's going to wrap things up for us today, though. Fun episode. Make sure you hit the plus on Apple. Follow us on Spotify and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace.
2: Hey, now another squad coming in. Boom! Whole squad down.
0: Hey, brother, Not today. Maybe tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.